And now, enjoy this free Jason Modcast show. Hey there, this is Ralph Garman, and you are listening to the World of Mythbits. You made an excellent choice. Welcome to the World of Mythbits. We are your new hosts. My name is Jenna Sparks, and with me is my husband, collaborator, a colleague, infinite other titles. Joe Sparks. And this is episode 94. The world of myth, bitch. So there's a lot to unpack this episode, and we will get around to it. But right now, uh, we just kind of want to... Uh, and let you guys know what's going on this week. Um, first and foremost, uh, go ahead and get your submissions in as soon as possible. Like right now, preferably <laughs> to the world of myth uh, for your sub- submissions for this month's uh, issue. Uh, go ahead and send those over to Stephanie, who's still around, as you know. Uh, Stephanie Barty at theworldofmyth.com. Um, so, yeah, go ahead and send those over. We want to get this issue out on the 24th. So, like I said, as soon as possible. Uh, second bit is that Zombie Works publication. Uh, they're still looking for submissions and stories for the werewolf uh, project. So, go ahead and, I mean, there's a lot of content, I think, that has not been tackled in the werewolf subgenre. So, even if you think your idea is, like, too out there, I, just do it. Just submit um, if you need any more information, you can go to www.zombieworks.us slash submissions, and uh, you should be able to find all the information you need. And so that's, that's really it for everything that's in the need to know this week. Um, if you stick around and you're still distracted or something by the new voices, I'm going to repeat it all. Don't worry. Um, but yeah, so I think now we can kind of do a little bit of a, a deep dive and, and familiarize you guys with us so we're not complete strangers and next week you can come back and you kind of you kind of recognize us so you might be wondering how did we get here um it's not a story that can be drawn out for very long uh basically uh I came to know Dave uh last year at some point um I've known his family for pretty much my whole life, oddly enough. Um, and so Dave and I just kind of, it, it fell into our hands to, to start talking and getting to know each other um, around the uh, inception, the productive inception of Pop Culture Expo that we had in February um, this year. And I, I offered any and all help I could offer. Um, and I think it kind of helped lead me into this like perfect place in my life. Um, and I hope I've been beneficial for Dave, you know, in, in, in helping him out, um, with his projects because he's somebody, I think we all truly, truly believe in and are very excited about whatever he, he decides to produce or the endeavors he wants to take. Um, and so then uh, when Pop Culture Expo actually rolled around in February, um, I got to meet Stephanie. I met Stephanie in person. And by then, she'd already had this 
glowing reputation. And that was a little intimidating. Um, But she is somebody I know is very magnetic and charismatic and somebody you're just drawn to. So I get uh, why this might be a little jarring to hear our voices now instead of hers. But she's still active. She's still got her podcast, Lupa's Bits. Um, So if you start missing her voice too much, go go listen to her. (laughs) Um, And... That's kind of where we're at now, um, taking over. So we're not we're not strangers. We're not um, just two random people who decided to invade Dave's space and and jump onto this podcast bandwagon. Um, you know he he put he put the faith in us, and so that's where where we're kind of taking over and and helping out and um making sure that we keep the momentum of Stephanie and Dave's work going. So that being said, the format's not going to change. Uh, <laughs> we're still going to do reviews. We're still going to do interviews. We're still going to talk about the members of the month. Um, everything's still going to be pretty much the same. It's just different people. So hopefully um, you guys are excited about this journey and and hopefully you guys are interested into hear, hearing who we are. Um, and like I said, there's there's a bit to unpack. And, uh, you know, the minute anybody asks you who you are and to talk about yourself, it kind of becomes a little daunting. So forgive us if, if, if we give a weird random information, but it's going to happen at some point. Um, you know, in fact, I was, I was joking about, about this whole situation and uh, was saying how I was saying to Joe, uh, this whole relationship, in my opinion, uh, with us and, and you guys is we're the new step parents. We're not replacing your parents. We know you love them and we, they love you. Um, but we're here for the awkward conversations and to drive you to your oboe lesson. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I, I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope um, you guys are as ex- excited as we are about this. Um, so that being said, uh, why, why don't you kind of jump in here and give us, give us the, the lowdown on your person, Mr. Sparks. Well, uh, I'm more so guilty by association. <laughs> uh, yeah, we uh, we did the uh, PCE back in February, I believe, and that's the first time I met Dave and Stephanie, which just turned out to be a very highly regarded accomplishment. Um, there was so many artists and vendors, and there was even a, a live... Uh, a wrestling match you know my first one that I actually saw live so there was a huge difference between watching it on television and actually hearing that there were two by sixes hearing the two by sixes slam against the metal frame when they would they they would suplex or you know uh, jumping outside of the ring uh highly entertaining you know um you know just a uh, overall massive achievement you know, on, on Dave and everybody's part that, that partook, you know. Um, not being entirely fresh to the, to the entire con scene, we uh, have done a few of them. 
and it was it was a, a massive achievement for first time. Oh my god, yeah. Um, we did a first time gig back in October, back in October, um, and it was it was a good event. Don't get me wrong, um, and it was definitely the the vendors were not happy. They were really not happy. Um, and so when we came around to PCE, I made sure to tell Dave, I'm like, dude, make sure your vendors are happy. And everybody was, I think everybody walked out of there super, super happy. I think, um, the participants, the, the attendees, I think everybody who showed up just had a blast. Yeah. Didn't even have that, uh, celebrity row over there. Oh yeah. We had some, I mean, there was some good, some good faces there. Um, uh, the, uh, uh, lead actress from Clerks, Veronica. Oh, yeah. She she was apparently, too. She was a good one. Um, she was having a blast, and she was so sweet. Um, I feel like we're going all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> I think we should rewind. Let's rewind. Okay. So, Joe and I both, we're, we're artists. Um, we're not the uh, writing sort of artists that we have dabbled. Um, we are, well, Joe is, is kind of a jack-of-all-trades in the sense that he dabbles in literally every kind of medium. Um, and I am a scaredy cat and I tend to stick with my own comfort zone. <laughs> uh, I do nerdy fan-based art mostly. Um, and that's where, where the discussion of the conventions comes into play because we, you know, my main audience, um, is nerds. So, uh, Joe is, Joe is a sculptor, Good God, a uh, sculptor, a uh, uh, a blacksmith, um, yeah, like woodworker, the, like. So take it back. So it all started on the anvil, <laughs> right? I actually want to backtrack that. Um, you know, it, it doesn't really start anywhere. It's just how you are, you know, um, and and everybody feels that. Um, like anybody you meet, e- even when they're in a particular field. Uh, teachers will say the same thing. You can meet them and say, well, I knew I wanted to be a teacher since I was four. The, the, the calling. Yeah, but, I mean, let's be honest. The truth is I never really felt that I had a calling of any sort like that to where when I was a kid, you know, I didn't wake up and, you know, click my fingers when I saw someone on TV and was like, that's me. That's the calling. Well, you even know? when we first met, you know, um, like 10 years ago, you were you were not super i mean like you you didn't know who and granted we were we were youngins but anyway that's beside the point go yeah. on go so, on <laughs> so that brings it back to the anvil so it's not it didn't actually start there it's just the anvil had reignited the passion for the arts now as many as as you out there can can you know tell that the art form comes in in anything uh even when we're talking about the written word uh you know this is based around a literary magazine so the written word is an art form of itself you know uh the imagination that has to come forth to tell these stories no matter the depth uh comes from somewhere there is there is a theory about there's a, an actual force for 
thoughts and everything, but I will not go on about that right now. <laughs> so, uh, let's get back to the angel. Okay, so I got this book, and it's by the artist Chris Hackett. Sorry, sir, if I do not pronounce your name correctly. So, Chris Hackett. He wrote this book, and I got it as a gift, and I'm thumbing through it, and I see these this diagram for a forge made out of a paint can. No, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, a paint can or a coffee can. Or, yeah, it was a coffee Yeah, sorry. It was a coffee can. I made it mine. It was like something so random. Yeah, I made mine out of a paint can, and I think he made a coffee can or something like that. So, uh... I got the materials together, and I lit the forge, and the, if anybody out there who does uh, partake in the ancient art will know that anvils are actually very expensive for, <laughs> you know, for what they do, which is for you to bang steel on. So there are still, for anybody who doesn't, I'm sure everybody here is aware of what an anvil is. But for anybody who does not, it's pretty much a tool that you take a hot piece of steel, you put it into the flame, you pull it out, and you shape it with a hammer, or mini hammers, or, you know, what have you. So, at this particular time, I did not have the funds for a, you know, quote-unquote proper anvil, as the uh, purists would call it, right? So... I found a piece of railroad tie at an antique store, and I put it on a... It was cheap, too. It was like 40 bucks. Yeah, it was, 40 it was bucks. a good find. <laughs> <laughs> I put it on a piece of... Or I made a little stand for it at 2 by 6s made a little stand for it, and, you know, went to town. Um, so that is where the, the spark came back, because after I started, you know... Um, hammering around a bit then i started to practice other skills that i had when i was a child um i could uh you know i could uh, draw you know and sculpt actually when i was a kid i would sculpt using aluminum foil so <laughs> i would take aluminum foil out of the kitchen and crumple it up and sculpt out of aluminum foil and then, you know, it just, uh, I'm not quite sure what happens, but it just kind of gets lost. Well, no, I, I get that because, um, you know, I, I think one of the, big, the biggest factors about like, um, like when, when Joe and I met and, um, this was, this was a, a long time ago, um. I think the the one biggest commonality we had um, was that we were the type of people where if something didn't exist that we wanted, we were going to make it happen. I think that's, you know, why, why uh, like, Dave, you know, is, is the way he is because he sees these fields, these... Uh, operations that don't exist and he create he creates it he makes it and I think that's super super important and that's kind of always been like for as long as I've known you uh the 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 route is you know well clearly if 
something doesn't exist, I'm going to make it so. And then, um, and, and a lot of a lot of help comes from the the old you know round round peg in a square hole. Yeah, so, you know they, they they just don't fit. So I think um, a lot of that comes down to societal pressures and, and you know all that good stuff. Oh yeah. So, um. If you did attend PCE, you actually might have saw me. I actually go underneath Sparks Inspired. Um, I had the table set up um, next to Jenna. Miss it, Marbles. So, I was the guy who had the, I guess you'd call them the giving brooms. And mm-hmm. the, um, the Witcher pendants in which I sculpted and cast in resin because I had... You know, I thought that the, the metal would be too heavy, you know, at the particular time, you know. So after appreciating the craftsmanship and artistry of metalworking and smithing as a whole, then that kind of led into other forms, you know, because I always I felt that it was lead to something. Like, for, for, for some reason, it all has to come together as one. So then after a while, uh, throwing around the hammer, then I turned into woodworking. So then I really got into fine, <laughs> fine woodworking. <laughs> so I would hand carve spoons and, and kitchen utensils with a, with a knife, right? Because I said, okay, well, I need, I mean, it's all handmade. And I was like, okay, so let's see what, the, the whole purist ideas of, of these skill trees. So I went in there with a knife carving. <laughs> My first the first wood was birch wood, which <laughs> I, if everybody hand carved birch wood as their first wood can agree that it is very, very difficult. So um, that led to carvings of other woods. And, you know, I, I've always had the... Uh, detailed eye so you know uh any any craft to pick up it doesn't seem too difficult to um uh, meander my way around the, the the tools then that comes into different saws you need and uh you know there's this great the internet <laughs> the internet as everybody knows is the greatest tool you can have when when working in any any craft or trade or project artistry project yeah because you can pretty much teach yourself anything and that's pretty much yeah everything and, and i was that you do self-admittedly i was at one point or another in my life was like no that that that's not how you, how you get it that's not how you get it done you know uh, almost like shaming the internet to, to learn, to use it as a tool to learn, you know. Um, and th- that's definitely not right to go about that because you, you do have to be cautious, though, because with all the good stuff on the internet, there's also a lot of the bad stuff on the internet. Like, not even, you know, all the news junk or whatever, but bad information about... The craft. The craft, yeah. And it's mm-hmm. like, uh... Because you, it's hard for 
it's hard for you to really calculate how much time it really takes to perfect something then that that all comes back to my newer endeavors now is because my newer endeavors really teach practice really teach patience uh mastery and and just tuning things in <laughs> you know uh something that you know you can't get done overnight it's just not gonna happen kind of like when jenna she she creates these art you know beautiful artwork pieces and people they look at it they love it you know and they just ask her it's like clockwork you know (laughs) it's like clockwork the first question how long does this take and when we're at the cons and i kind of look at them and i and i straight up i give them the the honest answer 40 to 80 hours Mm -hmm. and they go white almost like what Mm -hmm. you know and that's because i'm just i'm i'm detail obsessed so (laughs) yeah and it it just it it takes time you know i mean anybody out there listening right now even with their their stories you know oh yeah just takes time to craft an entire story yeah Yeah. uh anything that's worthwhile is is time consuming yes because like you had you touched on earlier but we 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 actually co-wrote a story ourselves a while back it was like two years now yeah two years or something um and we we just had to take time and finally tune it, you know? Mm-hmm. So that leads to what I do now is I produce and create music. Well, I'm not sure, not sure so much because um, there is a theory that music like anything else is a scientific fact, mm-hmm. a force almost. Like you don't, you do not really write music. You kind of interpret it, mm-hmm. and you listen to music. Such as um, the theory goes that music has always existed. You know, which uh, very much I'm sure there's many listening now that can. Uh, confirm this theory about the universe always existing, which I think is interesting myself. <laughs> so that's why that that's why any living organism will react to music. Mm-hmm. Say plants, which <laughs> I also grow. <laughs> <laughs> He's the more interesting one of the two. You of us, know, honestly, uh, that one, that one with the plants, actually. That came about because I love a good pickle. Okay, <laughs> that's just how it goes. I mean, ever since I, I'm guessing that's where it comes back. Ever since I was a kid, I loved pickles. Yeah, you know? <laughs> that's your passion. That's the passion. Passion about pickle, which they just brought that new movie out. We you still got to see that one. Uh, shout out Seth Rogen. So <laughs> he, uh, so I had to learn how to grow these these plants which like i said this is this this is relevant because everything i feel everything has to come around circle because before 
I laid my hands on the piano. Um, I started growing vegetables. Vegetables. Okay. I don't have to be clear about that because when you say, oh, you grow, people will just give you the nod. And they look at you and they nod their head. No, it's vegetables, okay? I'm a cucumber man. So uh, I had to learn everything about horticulture. And I actually, uh, you can, and that's another beauty of the internet. And that's why the internet is such a useful tool because I was able to actually rent the university textbook from the University of Cambridge in the United Kingdom, and it's like a 500-page textbook that you can rent for 30 bucks, And it has anything you need to know about plants and how they grow, what they want. Here's where the other force comes in. <laughs> so when you grow plants, you have to kind of listen to the plant. Okay, you got to listen to the plant and kind of observe what it wants, what it needs. Uh, you know, you can get scientific with it about nutrients and, and all that good stuff about soil sciences. And there's plenty of material out there about that. But the best tool is to listen to the plant. So this is relevant to music because... You listen to music and you interpret music. Um, now, that's not to say because you know, I I just started a little while back. It actually I started it. It kind of kind of comes back to how it's always been there, you know. But you never really pay attention or. I speaking personally, you know, you never really pay strict attention to these these events in your life. It's actually a really really romantic story. <laughs> <laughs> Can I cut in? Can I tell? Oh, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. So, during a uh, quarantine, I I was furloughed and Joe wasn't, but um it it for me, it was honestly a, a complicated time but <laughs> I I was able to draw just draw 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 that was pretty much all I was doing and it got to a point where you know I was able to kind of maintain uh social media um normalcy you know posting regularly giving giving updates on on active pieces and so then we kind of came up with this idea to film the process of one of my pieces and I was trying to find some music that um went with the piece um and kind of stuck with the flow and uh it was it was not easy you know to find you know free legal or, or inexpensive even uh music that you can post to social media YouTube etc cetera, etc cetera. so I went to Joe and I, I flat out just said, do you know how hard it is to find music that, you know, you can, can basically legally own and, and publish that, you know, is royalty free and all that fun stuff. So within a few days, this guy, <laughs> this guy, uh, who's actually working on 
learning C++ programming, uh, decided I'm going to learn music. And yeah. that's what I mean. Yeah, I mean, it kind of it kind of hit me. It kind of hit me at that point to when she's like, "Well, I can't find any, any music to use that's not you know they can't get in trouble with." And then it kind of for some reason, like stuck that idea stuck with me for a couple of days, and then it just it just came out of nowhere. I was like, "Well, why don't I make it?" And then I proposed the idea. I came to her and said, "Well." Why don't I make it? And she says, "Well, you, you want to get into music?" And I said, <laughs> I, "I made the heavy mistake of saying, well, I, I mean, I'm not quite sure I'd have to. I just need to know what's going to sound good, you know." <laughs> uh, which is is a vast, vast, vast oversimplification. Yeah, it was. A, it was. Yeah, it was a vast simplification on on my part, um, because to, you know, um. There's certain things, you know, in your life when you don't pay attention to them, but they're still there, um, such as my little sister. She actually plays the drums. Um, and then my I, my first experience was, I think I was back in about third or fourth grade, uh, if I could recall. I'm not exactly sure how it came about, but I was signed up to play the French horn. <laughs> now, if I remember my mom, I said, you know, must have been around the account of, oh, well, I want to learn how to play an instrument. And then she comes home with a French horn. She's like, bam, look at what I got. <laughs> so, um, French horn or buzz. <laughs> yeah. So you got that. And then you have, you know, a few other minor occurrences. Um, that just that just comes back to the whole the whole you know force thing you know, as as far as it always comes back you know um, but that's a uh, that's a lot of information to digest in one sitting so <laughs> pretty much you know that's that's what I do they need it done I do it <laughs> uh, so I mean. I never really like to put myself into a category to begin with. Um, I, I I don't feel that I'm either this or I'm either that. I just I'm just me, you know. He just is. I just do. <laughs> I just do. So, how uh, how'd you get about to uh, put that pencil to paper? <laughs> <laughs> That's one way to put it. Well, you know, I mean, to to kind of elaborate, like on what you said, you know, and and what I said before about how. You know, we're, we're the type where if there's a space, we're going to fill it um, in, in some way or another. And um, I don't know. My origin story is not that cool. Uh, it's not a lot of, lot of stuff. I think um, back in 2003, 2003, I met... Um, a friend who's still my friend to this day, uh, Jules. And we were in, we were in middle school and they had introduced me into this like weird world of pixel art because, uh, like I said, this is, this is like 2003 while the inception of digital art as we know it was still kind of in, in its infancy. And, um, it was like I said, pixel art that was, 
this weird thing that I just kind of got sucked into and became virtually obsessed with it. Um, where it was MS Paint and you just zoomed in uh, as far as it would go. I don't even remember what the percentage was. And you just pixel by pixel. And I mean, it was an ins- like just an intense community because there were people who would do like full-blown landscapes with pixels and one by one you know and um that kind of stuck for for a hot minute and then the community kind of kind of faded and um Jules actually went on to become uh an amazing artist up in Seattle funnily enough and um I think I started that's a Jules Inkwell on Instagram, if anybody wants to check that out. <laughs> I promise we're not using the podcast just to like, 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 uh, propagate all of our friends. Put all the friends in there. <laughs> but no, Jules really did. Uh, they they really introduced me to, um, the this this world of like non traditional art where it was always kind of intimidating. You know, I idolized, um so many so many characters in these movies who were these like cool artists and and whatnot and I I always wanted to be like that but I didn't think it was ever possible or feasible because I don't know I, I get in my head really easily anyway that's beside the point um but uh I started I started painting tote bags because like I said if there's something I want can't find it I'm gonna make it so, um, one of the, the first books that I read in my teen years that, like, I just really obsessed over <laughs> was Fight Club, Chuck Palahniuk, um, which, if that's a book you're trying to read as a 14-year-old teenage girl, <laughs> it's not the book for you. <laughs> um, and I, I I read it multiple times as an adult and it's still one of my favorite books. Um, but at the time I didn't like grasp it all, but I was still obsessed with it. I was obsessed with the concept of the character Marla Singer. And uh, in the film, Marla is portrayed by Helena Bonham Carter, who is an iconic, masterful actor. And I just wanted to paint a tote bag with her face on it and a quote from the book. And I did. I just did. I just picked up paint, you know, and I um, just painted this, uh, like, super contrasted portrait. And it actually was kind of good. And I still have it. It's It's been through the ringer because it's been a long time. But... Um, that was kind of my first foray into this, this idea that I actually might have some artistic capabilities. So then a few years ago, about, I don't even know, it's been a minute, five, five, six years ago, um, I, again, I, I wanted to see kind of how far I'd come. So I just decided to draw Helena Bonham Carter again. Um, and it came out pretty good. This time it was with graphite pencils. Um, and it just kind of progressed from there. And so now um, that's pretty much what I do. I've been been pretty fortunate. You know, it started out uh, doing a couple 
littler pieces. I think my first, the first piece I ever showed um, in public was a David Bowie piece. It sold, and uh, that was a very validating moment. <laughs> um, and we were super lucky because where we live, there's um, a very it's a very small arts community. Um, just just another little shout out, shout out, Marco. I was getting to that. <laughs> I was getting to that. Uh, there's there's a really small art community. There's plenty of artists. But there's really no great place for artists. Um, there really hasn't been. I mean, people have tried, um, but honestly, a lot of a lot of the target audience, because it just is what it is, um, doesn't really fit with pop culture theme stuff. Uh, in the artists' foray, uh, doesn't really uh, fit, um, or it's it's been hard to find that niche of a of an audience but our friend marco actually had a gallery and that was the place that was where it was at and i met so many amazing local artists i mean there were even artists who who traveled from the bigger cities surrounding um who who would come to show their work and it was it was kind of where i discovered myself and who who i was and i think um it was probably one of the most important periods in my life. And all because one of my friends was like, hey, you should check this place out and see if they want to put your art in there. <laughs> and they did. And, um, you know, it was it was just amazing. And then, unfortunately, the, the gallery had to close. And um, there's, oh, my gosh, there's so much to unpack there. But we're not even going to touch on that. Um, but... Uh, that's when we kind of started transitioning into convention life. Um, and, uh, my, my other friend <laughs> who's an amazing artist, uh, Eric Rivera, he encouraged me. He was like, dude, you should check out, check out these conventions. Um, it's where you're going to find, find your art audience. That's where his audience is. He's a comic illustrator. And, um, wouldn't you know it? <laughs> that's where that's where it's at. And it's so I use the word it's validating because, um, you know, I, I pointed out I'm a nerd. I'm I love, you know, uh, nerd content. I'm a huge Harry Potter fan, Lord of the Rings. Uh, not a Trekkie, but that's neither here nor there. But I, I am. I'm a, I'm a nerd with all the media I take in. And um when, you know, I, I was also kind of the weird kid and in the point and period of high school, it wasn't cool to be the media obsessed kid, you know, <laughs> unless it was, you know, the, the teen dramas of the period. And, um, that really wasn't my thing. And I mean, I was eighth grade reading Lord of the Rings, um, front to back, you know, all three of them. Um, and try find I mean there were like two other kids in my school who were you know down with that anyway that's me trailing um but finding that environment that you find at the the conventions um it's daunting and it's intimidating but oh my god it is amazing because it's like for the first time you're you're surrounded with um like-minded people you're surrounded with people who 
give a crap, you know, give a crap about the the media that you guys are all in taking and and the movies, the TV shows, the books, I mean, the games, everything. And um, that's where, like, I, I just, I thrive. And it's so much fun. And when, I mean, I know, like, this whole episode seems like we're just praising, praising, praising Dave and Stephanie and, and the whole dark myth thing. But that's really kind of what it comes down to is when Dave said, you know, when he initially pointed out just the 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 productive inception. I know I keep reusing that, but with pop culture expo, it was almost jarring just how painfully excited I was because where we live, it's so desperate for a cultural experience. And there is culture. There is amazing qualities to where we live. It's just it never seems to work. And then Dave did it and it worked and it thrived. And I like, I just, it, it's so thrilling to me. And, um, you know, I, I'm not going to get too crazy with it, but next year, you know, assuming everything goes well and, and hopefully starts looking a little bit brighter in the next few months, <laughs> with with uh covid and everything um i think next year is going to be phenomenal i mean it's going to be 10 times more phenomenal um and it's just really i'm i'm super stoked and i'm so grateful um for this opportunity and i think that's that's basically the core of this episode is we want you to know that we are two very very passionate people and really genuinely just care about what we put out there what we do um and we we do we I think we can both agree that we promise and vow to treat this podcast like a baby you know and and make sure that it's um quality content you know you guys still will get out of it everything you got out of it before um you know information the reviews um interviews you know and and I know the future I'm, we're both super, super thrilled and excited and, um, it's to the point where it's like, I'm, I'm kind of speechless, you know, this is a whole new endeavor. And that was just really important to me that you guys knew how much we care. Absolutely. And, you know, I hope that, uh, everybody can, uh, bear with us as we get the kinks knocked out on this thing. And, uh, you know, maybe we can, uh, you know, learn a couple of things together, share some information. Oh, yeah. And I think I think um, another super important factor is the line of communication is open. If there are things you guys want to address or, you know, see if we can, um, you know, address or anything like that, feel free. Ask, ask in a comment on the Facebook page or the Twitter. The Twitter. Oh, my gosh. On Twitter. The birdie. The bluebird. <laughs> you know, just ask. And um, I'm seeing all tweet tweets. <laughs> you guys are just as involved in this podcast as we are. And um, that's very important. That's very, very important that you guys know that. Thank you for your patience, too, by the way, by uh, listening to us go on about <laughs> our whole life stories. Well, I, I mean, there, there's plenty, plenty more to go around. 
I mean, I want to say it's the whole thing, you know, one package. So, I mean, if you stick around, I think you'll, we'll, uh, you'll enjoy it. You'll get to learn all about our, our oddities. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Which, speaking of oddities, I have a few on the shelf. He does. He's, we actually have an oddity shelf. Yeah. We, well, so. it's not even a shelf at this point. It's kind of taken over the house. Might as well, <laughs> might as well just be oddity room. Half wall. Half wall. It's, no. Oh, little Annabelle. Oh, my. No. We'll not do that. We're not going to talk about the doll yet. I mean, you got to kind of cut in time. Might as well uh, go ahead, and we're going to go ahead and go through. Start wrapping up. Yeah, wrap it up and go through once more on the business side. Yeah, so just in case uh, this whole thing was super distracting, and hopefully you guys uh, stuck it out with us. Um, I just want to go ahead again, remind you about the submissions for, uh, the world of myth magazine this month, uh, the release for August 24th, get your submissions in as soon as possible. Again, hit Stephanie up, send her your submission, Stephanie Barty at the world of myth.com. Uh, another, the, the zombie works publication. Sorry. I had to remember, uh, just want to make sure that you guys get your work in there. Um, just please <laughs> the i'm so excited about this this project and um i really 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 want to see what can be produced uh so you can go ahead if for the information on that one www.zombieworks.us/submissions so to wrap things up uh don't forget you can go to www.theworldofmyth.com um all sorts of wonderful, exciting things on there. Uh, <laughs> also, um, you can find us on Facebook at the World of Myth Bits podcast and the World of Myth magazine. You can also find us on Twitter at the World of Myth Bits podcast and the World of Myth magazine. Uh, if you are curious about the immense load that Joe and I dropped on you, and you're, you're curious to hear what exactly it is we're talking about, um, you can find me on Instagram at Jenna, J-E-N-N-A, Sparks, S-P-A-R-K-S, underscore, Misfit, M-I-S-S-F-I-T, Marvels, like the, the film studio and comic studio. Uh, you can also find Joe on Instagram at Sparks Inspired. If you're curious to hear his music, go ahead and go to his YouTube too, uh, Sparks Inspired. Um, so yeah, this isn't going to be like a, a weekly promoting ourselves thing just just so you guys can familiarize yourselves with us um and yeah we're this wraps our first episode thank you for listening thank you the world of myth bitch Check one, check two, mic check, check this mic, check it, Ems. Oh, God, I'm joking on coffee. Do you <laughs> like apples?